Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Travel Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa, and I interview expats and locals from cool and interesting places. For today's episode, we're going to be traveling to Budapest in Hungary. I'll be interviewing Dan. He lived there for three years, and he's going to share some of his experiences and stories while living in Budapest and how to kind of experience it a little bit more like a local. One thing that really excited me about hearing his story is also understanding a little bit of the history of Hungary. Hungary's in a really unique spot where there's just so many different elements in history and cultures that have overlapped in this particular location. And I'm really excited to kind of hear how that's developed the city and what it is today. I'm really excited to share this with you. Let's get started. Awesome. Well, well, thanks for coming. I appreciate you being here, Dan. Happy to be here. Um, how about you introduce yourself? My name is Dan Freeman. I live in Los Angeles, California, although I'm originally from the Northeast. And I spent three years living in uh, Budapest, Hungary, um, in the middle of last decade from 2005 to 2008. What brought you to Hungary? Uh, love brought me to Hungary. I had a Hungarian girlfriend uh, that I met while, while I was a senior in college. And uh, we did sort of the long distance thing for about a year. And then I decided to move there. That's amazing. Um, my husband and I almost did that. The plan was to move to Norway, but then I got a job I couldn't turn down. So he came to the U.S. <laughs> yeah, luckily, I didn't have any job prospects at the time. So moving to Hungary was the best option. Well, that's great. Then you get to see it with fresh eyes and with a local, essentially. Absolutely. So, yeah. as, so as you become a local. Yes. Um, I'd love to spend a little bit time of time talking about Hungary. You know, I feel like so much of, like, were you in Budapest? I was in Budapest, um, and I lived on the Pest side. Buda and Pest are separated by the Danube River, um, which flows all throughout uh, Central Europe. Um, and I should mention that uh, Hungari- Hungarians much prefer that you say Central Europe as opposed to Eastern Europe. They get very sensitive about that. And if you do look at a map, it is pretty central. There you go. Just simple nomenclatures. <laughs> so you were on the Pest side? Yes. Yeah. I lived on the Pesh side in the ninth district. The city is um, divided into 12 districts, which are sort of like um, neighborhoods or zones. And um, they all have a, a little bit of a different character. Yeah. Um, the lower numbered ones are on the Buddha side and the higher numbered ones are on the Pesh side. Is there some area that's like, are there certain areas that are better than others? Like I feel like, for example, in Paris, there's always the certain districts you have to hit up. Is it the same in uh, Budapest? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some districts are known for having, um, you know, a historic character. Like the fifth district in Pest is sort of the historic downtown of the city, um, while other districts, like the seventh district, was known as the Jewish quarter. That's where um, the ghetto was was during World War II. Um, wow, Nazi occupation. And um, then there are other districts further out, um, usually in the teens, that are seen as a little bit seedier and. Uh, you might not want to go there, although in general, it's an extremely safe country. So you're right in the heart of it. We tried to be, yeah. Um, at the end of the Soviet occupation, sort of when the wall came down in the early 90s, there was this huge like real estate rush um, in Budapest to like, buy up all this old historic property. And that's almost still continuing today. You can get like a big flat in the historic 5th District for like... I don't know, three, four hundred thousand dollars or something. Um, wow. So it's cheap real estate in the center of a European capital. Yeah. Um, it's not cheap for Hungarians, of course. No. But, uh, you know, you still try and be where you can. You know, you're bringing up some great points. Like, Hungary has just so much history there. 
like you're talking about like the Nazi occupation, the Soviet Union occupation, like, um, like I'd love to understand there's so many cities to visit in Europe. What makes Budapest so special? They, you know, have a very long history. It's a very, um, rich cultural tradition. There's a lot of food. There's a lot of, uh, literature, yeah. poetry, art, um, that's just goes way, 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 way back. I mean, it's a thousand year old country. Yeah. I was just going to say, I feel like food is such a great example of how these types of, um, situations blend together. You know, like you'll see, like, I don't know when I've been in situations where we've seen these conflicts and then you see combinations of food being kind of blended, like Italian and French being blended together. Um, was that something that you really like, did you experience a lot of that in Hungary? Um, they have, I think a pretty unique food tradition. Um, that said, you know, you'd probably find some similarities to other sort of central, you know, European or continental cuisine. You know, it's pretty heavy, a lot of meat. Um, that said, there's some really wonderful vegetarian things. I'm a vegetarian myself. So oh, that's awesome. I didn't go hungry, but I ate a lot of like fried cheese too. So Well, there you go. <laughs> um, it's so great that you had a chance to like live there and really kind of learn all of this and capture all of this. How... Like, I'm sure you must have had friends come visit you or like stay for a week. How do you decide to show how do you decide what to show them and maybe what maybe to focus the most on during that brief time period? Yeah, well, one of the great things about Budapest is that it's um, a really easy city to walk. It's, you know, the really the core of it is where you want to stay and you can walk or even better is to bicycle around. Um, there's a good bike path system. Um, there's a great bike path that runs up and down the Buddha side of the river. Um, and so there's just lots of things to just ride around on your bike and look at, um, many of the, the major buildings and sites and museums are almost better from the outside than going in. Um, so just spending a lot of time walking around, biking around, um, is a really good use of your time. I love that. I feel like that's the best way to experience the city is just walking it. Yeah. And then, you know, you pop into a cafe or a little restaurant and get some food and try this or that. And yeah. Um, Is that what you would typically do on like a weekend? Just walk around the city and then take a break? Yeah. Um, the character of this city changes over the seasons as well. Um, it does get pretty cold in the winter, although it doesn't snow. Um, it just gets cold and dark and gray and depressing. So don't, go, the snow, don't go between like December and March. That's uh, rough. <laughs> Um, although around Christmas time, it's kind of nice. They have Christmas markets and whatnot, yeah. but, um, but other than that, yeah, summertime, spring and summertime is just wonderful. Um, all the, you know, the bars and restaurants all have sort of gardens that open up on the Island. There's an Island right in the river, which is really pleasant. It's very green. Um, they call it the lung of the city and, um, you know, you can go and hang out at a beer garden or a wine garden, um, in the summertime and yeah, just everybody's just so happy to be outside. Um, there's lots of events, there's lots of concerts, um, parties and stuff that are going on outside. So you recommend the summer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually one more thing sort of about parties. So in the winter, yeah, the bar scene is kind of, um, you know, indoor and, can feel very kind of cloistered and whatnot. But in the outside, they have these wonderful things that they call ruin pubs, which are basically they sort of take over the courtyard of an abandoned building and turn it into like a nightclub slash art space slash, you know, gallery slash movie, you know, venue. And they throw events and it's just a great place to hang out and meet, um, you know, hip, hip young 
Budapestians. Locals. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a very livable city. It is very livable. Yeah. Compared to say, I mean, some of the analogs people often do like a little central European tour and they do Vienna and Prague and Budapest. And of those three, um, I think Prague is really, it's a gorgeous city, but it's kind of like Disneyland. It's sort of overrun with tourists and you don't feel like it's livable. And Vienna is just like, you know, it's a beautiful city, also super cool, incredible museums, but it's sort of a museum city and Very, sort yeah. of feel like you're in a museum just walking around. Budapest really feels like it's alive. Um, of course, there's lots of, you know, big churches and castles and museum type things to go see, but it also feels like locals are living in it. That's nice. Do you feel like there's a ton of tourists in Budapest? Um, there definitely is. Um, it gets a lot of tourism from the UK um, and also from the US. Um, so you will not feel like you're sort of alone as a tourist there if you go, especially during the summer. Um, but there are ways to like get off the beaten path. Um, if you go sort of into Obuda, which is like the old section of Buda um, north of the city, um, that can be quite quiet and relaxing and you won't see a whole lot of people there. And then another great thing you can do in the summertime is you can go to Lake Balaton, which is the largest freshwater lake in Europe, actually. And it's quite shallow and it's quite warm and it's a great that's, that's place great. to go. Yeah, it's a great place to go in the summertime. And the whole, there's a bunch of little villages sort of all around the the lake and you can ride around it in a bicycle over maybe a couple of days and you can go wine tasting and you can eat uh, langosh, which is like fried dough, savory fried dough. And just, you can go swimming anytime you want. It's, it's a really nice place. To, and that will be like where the locals are hanging out for sure. So it's a chance to kind of immerse yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're mentioning, I think we, you mentioned in the beginning, there's a lot of neighborhoods and you mentioned Pesh kind of being the central one. And then Bush is the other one. Buddha is the other Buddha. one. Yeah. Okay. And that's the one where you recommend going in the summer, maybe to some of these more off the beaten path, local areas. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the whole city is worth exploring. Buda is generally, it's like sort of hilly and green and more residential. There's a couple of really famous bathhouses there, um, which are really worth checking out. Um, there's the Fisherman's uh, Castle area, which is also totally worth checking out. Um, and sort of the major museum, the, the National Museum is there, although don't go to the National Museum. It's all the pictures are like dark, you know, war scenes and they're just not that interesting ominous uh yeah and then the pesh side is sort of where um all the commerce is and it's kind of like the the bustling center um of the city and um that's all pretty flat and there is that's where the parliament building is that's where saint peter's basilica is um and there's also some yeah just great that's where the the synagogue is um the great synagogue um so there's a bunch of sites on the pesh side too but it's also just like where shops are, where restaurants are, um, you know, where you would meet people more likely. Um, when you were living there, what would you do as like a weekend getaway? Would you go to like rural Hungary or some of the smaller villages there? Or did you just primarily focus your time on in Budapest? We occasionally took trips to the countryside. Um, in the summer, yeah, we'd go to Balaton. My girlfriend's family had a house there. So we'd go down on the weekends. Um, we'd also take trips to other parts of the country. Um, this sort of the the other cities are are not super interesting, um, frankly. Um, you know, if you spent long term, you'd want to go check them out. But if you're just there for a week, I mean, really, Budapest is where you want to be, and you know, maybe a side trip to Balaton. Um, you know, but that said, there are there are really nice like winemaking regions in the country. Um, it is a nice countryside. It's sort of 
it's a little bit hilly. It's not mountainous. Um, so big outdoorsy people will not find a whole lot um, to do. Maybe, maybe road, road cycling. <laughs> yeah. Road cycling. There you go. Um, or like kayaking. Kayaking is like one of the national sports there. Oh, wow. So Fun fact. find places to kayak. There you go. Um, <laughs> but you that said, it's a landlocked country, so won't be on the ocean. Grain of salt. (laughs) So you mentioned, um, like what are some of the faux pas that tourists do? I know you mentioned, um, saying Eastern Europe instead of central Europe. Is there any other silly things that tourists do that we should avoid? Um, probably mispronounce everything because the language is really hard, but I don't think anyone would feel too strongly about that. They wouldn't hold that against you. It's a unique language. Yeah. It's not even like a, a Germanic language. Um, Oh gosh. So, Faux pas. I mean, I, I, I don't think you'd have to worry much about faux pas. Um, there are a few little, like, scammy things to maybe watch out for. That's fair. Um, the most, I think, famous one or sort of the one to be aware of is, is like, if men are traveling um, alone um, and they, they may be in sort of a very touristy area, they could be approached by, like, a very attractive young woman who wants to be their friend and take them out for a drink or something. And then they may uh, go to the bar with her and get a drink. And then the bar tab arrives and it's for, you know, $800 or something. And apparently, and suddenly a couple of gorillas show up and they, they escort you to an ATM. And this has happened actually um, oh, wow. to, to people I've met and to, to friends of mine. Um, it's not super common, but it's just like, yeah, it's like a scam thing to watch out for. Like nobody yeah. really wants to be your friend. If you're a tourist, they want your money. There you, I feel like that's the same everywhere. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, and other than that, there's like, yeah, there's less, uh, sort of ominous scams out there. Um, there's Vatsiutsa, which is like the, the main shopping and tourist street, like the prices there for at restaurants and, and shops and stuff are like way, way more than you would find in the, it's in the, the tourist markup. Yeah. It's the tourist tax right yeah. there. So, um, you know, it's nice to walk, but like, you know, don't Just buy walk it. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you really want to spend the money. <laughs> um, if there's one thing you want our listeners to get away from this podcast, what would that be? Go and spend more time than you think you need in Budapest. Um, a lot of people give it like two, three days. And I think you could easily spend a week there um, and a, or a week in Hungary, you know, between the city and Balaton. Um, and you'll just have a wonderful time. Uh, it's, it's pretty cheap. In terms of like where to stay, I'd say get an Airbnb um, so you can really have your own space um, and talk to locals. All the young people speak English um, or German or both, um, and they're super interested in meeting foreigners. Um, you know, they'll they'll show you around. They'll invite you to parties. Um, ask them where the cool ruined pub is. Uh, yeah. Go to the rooftop bars. You know, go to the outdoor restaurants. Um, go to the island all that stuff. Yeah. It's so great that locals are willing to share that and be so supportive. That's really amazing. Yeah. I think they're very welcoming and warm in general. I love that. And I feel like it's so important to kind of experience the city. You know, I I've gotten called out in the podcast too, from time to time. I find my, my default is to almost like check boxes. Like what are the top 10 things I need to see in Budapest? Um, but so much of these cities is about getting a chance to kind of see a snapshot of what your life was like when you lived there for three years, you know, and that's so hard to do in just two days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Budapest is really a city where you can focus less on the major sites like the churches and castles and whatnot and tours, um, and really just spend time like hanging out on the street, um, 
sitting in cafes, going to bars, going to restaurants, um, talk to people and magic will happen. Ideally in the summer. Yeah. Oh, and go to the bathhouses too. Even though in the summer it's quite hot and you might not think to go to the bathhouses, they have swimming pools there. Um, and it's such a cool thing to do. It's so unique, beautiful architecture, sort of like walking through these Gothic caverns while in, you know, saunas and, um, jacuzzis and that sort of thing. And they also have, um, they have, uh, like raves in the bathhouses occasionally. What? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty fun. It's pretty sweet. Um, they're, they're all permitted. I mean, it's like a ticketed event kind of thing, but Um, yeah, you can go to a nightclub and there'll be people spinning fire and DJs, you know, while you're chilling in a, in a bath. Oh my God. That sounds like my type of place. Yeah. That that is totally what I'm up for. It's pretty (laughs) rad for sure. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dan. Um, I'm really inspired. I really would love to see Budapest in this lens. Um, and thanks for sharing your words of wisdom. Sure. No problem. Happy to do it. Thanks for joining. And for all you listeners out there, the podcast is uploaded every other Wednesday. Please tune in, subscribe, and share. 